This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message was originally given on February 6, 2022. Pastor Emma Peterson delivers her message, Groundhog Day and the Nature of Hope, on Endless Winter and the Promise of Spring. I was awake uncharacteristically early on Wednesday morning, Groundhog Day, and so I went to Rydell's for a long overdue oil change. To my amusement, my service provider, Mary, was actively refreshing Google to check on whether or not Puxatani Phil saw his shadow. At the same time, she was checking in on Jimmy, the groundhog in Wisconsin, because regionally, he seemed like a better source for predicting the remaining length of Iowa's winter. To my delight, I got to celebrate with Mary when Jimmy did not see his shadow, forecasting an early spring in the Midwest. Woohoo, Mary said. This has been a tough winter. I could use an early spring. I agreed with her. It's been punishingly cold as of late, and I think a lot of us are feeling more isolated than ever. I, too, would welcome some spring cracking forth a bit early this year. I also felt a sense of relief at having arrived at a midpoint of winter at all. In the last two years, there have been so few firm midpoints or markers of anything concrete, promised, or expected. So much of the future has felt unpredictable and constantly shifting. We've spent 23 months adjusting, readjusting, and shifting again. Very little ground has felt firm under our feet and it doesn't always seem like we know where we're going. So it felt good. It felt grounding to make it to Groundhog Day, to Imbolc, to Goddess and St. Bridget's Day, to Candlemas. All of these holidays, though their traditions vary, indicate the midpoint of winter and the first whisperings of spring. Springtime needs to germinate before it can burst forth, and this is the time of year when things begin the very first steps of their growing. It is still frigidly cold, and the darkness dominates the day, but the sun is staying up a little later each evening. There seem to be a few more birds and squirrels at the feeder, and we begin to sense that winter might not be so endless after all. Groundhog Day, by the way, has its origins in associations of the stirring and returning of animals migrating or hibernating. It was a relief to tangibly mark time, the middle of something, to know that there was a clear end point 
to the beginning of a new thing, springtime, and a transition out of a season of cold where nothing grows and the daylight is short. I felt, admittedly for the first time in a considerable amount of time, a stronger, more vocal ray of hope. Spring will come. And if spring will come, then perhaps the Omicron curve really will dissipate and we can begin again to return to each other. And if we return to each other, maybe we will be able to do so more fully. We are rebuilding, reconnecting the structures that will allow us to come together in ways in which we are all included, especially generationally. It is high time to bring the children back into the fold of this beloved community in a more full and inclusive way. Maybe we can return to one another more gently also, with love and tenderness and generous space for how fragile and unsure we all might be feeling after so much time separated, mired in uncertainty and fear and sickness and shifting goalposts. Maybe this time we can love each other better, celebrate one another more fully, feel more gratitude and joy for the simple fact of being together. That's what just a little bit of grounding can do for you. That's what just one shy ray of hope can inspire. A whole cartwheeling, round and bouncing snowball of hope and joy and possibility for the lush bursting forth of springtime as eventual as it yet may be for an end to this endless pandemic, for our joyful yet careful return to one another with delight and good humor, even if it will certainly sometimes feel awkward or unsteady, especially at first. It feels good and it is a necessary part of the work of rebuilding to hope towards a delightful celebratory future reunion to imagine it and plan for it and co-create a shaping into it. It was a joyful thing that Wednesday morning to celebrate in the mechanic's garage that a giant rodent roused from his sleep to stretch his limbs in the frozen February morning sun did so without feeling the fearful need to retreat back to the safety of his isolated den and it might well mean an early spring. It felt good to note the moment in time and to look ahead to warmer days. I like to mark time and shifting perspectives with a little bit of ritual, some prayer, and a bit of magic for good measure. Imbolc, typically celebrated on February 2nd, is the Gaelic festival marking the beginning of spring it's a pagan festival originally associated with the goddess Brigid, who later became Christianized on the feast of St. Brigid, and she is the patron saint of Ireland. Brigid's duality as both a pagan goddess and a Christian saint makes her unique, and in my opinion, all the more spiritually powerful. Brigid is the goddess of poetry with powers of both healing and craftsmanship. 
In the Gaelic pagan tradition, she has two sisters. Her triplet superpowers indicate a nod, perhaps, to her own trinity, and she is associated by symbols of perpetual sacred flames, a symbol which should likely resonate with you use. Bridget is considered the patroness of poetry, smithing, medicine, arts and crafts, cattle and other livestock, sacred wells, serpents, and the arrival of early spring. In the Christian era, 19 nuns at Kildare tended a perpetual flame for the saint, and I believe they still do, which is widely believed to be a continuation of a pre-Christian practice of women tending a flame in the goddess Bridget's honor. Her festival day, Imbolc, is traditionally a time for weather prognostication. There are lots of other ways to venerate her and harness a bit of her magic with proper thanks, of course. If you'd like to build an altar for Bridget, her preferred aesthetics include white, red, and green. Fabric, evergreen branches, red berries, and other red and green elementals can decorate the table. Silver or white candles, offerings of food and drink, a classic and essential element when venerating any ancestor or divine figure, and a piece of clothing, like a sweater or a scarf or a beautiful red cape, for her to bless that you can wear throughout the year. You can offer up a prayer to Bridget, asking her to bless you as you make your way to springtime, and ask that her essence breathe life into the things which you want to grow, give form to, breathe forth new life into, pollinate and create, imagine and construct. You can also create an offering jar for her. Fill the bottom of a mason jar with salt for protection and purification, a bay leaf for wisdom, cinnamon for growing warmth and spice in the colorless landscape of winter, lavender for connecting to what is sacred and healing, rosemary for hospitality, peppermint for clarity of mind, and coins for abundance. Place the jar on a windowsill overnight for her to bless and keep it until early spring. True, keep it until spring truly arrives when you can return it to the earth. Connecting with the energy of the saint and goddess Bridget can feel grounding, healing, and inspiring. Inviting the gifts of her fertility into your life can assist you in imagining the possibilities of a green and luscious springtime, both real and metaphorical. Another significant date on the candle on the calendar this week is Candlemas, a Christian holiday celebrated in certain denominations. It wasn't something I was familiar with in my Methodist upbringing, but I have Episcopal and Catholic friends who celebrate. In the Christian calendar, February 2nd marks the day Jesus was presented to the temple to be blessed, and so his mother Mary could be purified. The story is told in the Gospel of Luke, and I appreciate it in part because a female prophet named Anna, who is described as an old and wizened woman who moved to the temple after the death of her husband decades prior so she could pray, so she could pray and praise God all day long, appears to Mary and Joseph to share her visions of Jesus's incredible future. 
I love it when righteous women appear in the Bible as they do often, though many conservative evangelical denominations would like to pretend that's not the case. Anyway, this day, which follows 40 days after Christmas, is a time when some elect to finally take down their Christmas decorations. Full disclosure, our tree is still up, and it very well might be until March. We're still enjoying its warm glow, though eventually we'll get around to disassembling it. It's also a time that some Christians bring their candles to be blessed by their priest, and then they burn them through the rest of the winter season. In practical terms, Candlemas marks, just like Imbolc and Groundhog Day, the midpoint of winter, and it is a time when we are tasked with taking stock of the stores that remain to get us through the rest of the season. During Candlemas, we are asked to take note of what provisions remain. If you've burned more than half your candles or eaten through more, of ha- than, more than half of your grain, it's time to conserve If you find you have been frugal, perhaps now is a time to be generous with those who lack the same sense of security. Recently, my partner Skylar undertook the task of reorganizing the deep chest freezer in our basement. The project gave us an opportunity to take note of what we've used up so that we could make a list and restock. In our modern era, we are less inclined to worry too yet too much about using up all of our resources in the winter time because despite recent supply chain issues we do live in a world of considerable considerable abundance but still candlemas reminds us that while spring is becoming visible on the horizon there is still much winter ahead of us now is a good time to fortify your reserves be they literal provisions like shelf-stable food or batteries, or spiritual, like your own sense of grounding, hope, and resilience. The predictable turning of the seasons has always given me great comfort. It's one of the reasons I could never live in a place where it was always warm and sunny, I'd miss the way the seasons mark time and the way each one reminds us of the cycles of our own lives. We all experience our own personal winters, springtimes, summers, or autumns of the heart. We all have periods of transition, growth, reflection, and rebirth. Today, I am grasping firmly to the, to the arrival of this seasonal midpoint, orienting my gaze towards the coming spring, imagining the seeds that are beginning to germinate under the earth, and the seeds we are planting and nurturing and calling forth to grow within this beloved community. Imbolc is, in part, a celebration of imagination. This is the time we are called to envision what follows after this frozen, desolate season. This is the time we are called to use our imagination to begin to conceive of what could become, what could be, what could grow with our nurturing care. 
there is nothing in the great span of human development that not that did not first begin as an idea. There is nothing that was born that did not first grow in the imagination. The future, our future in this place begins when we imagine it. The future of this beloved community begins when we begin to dream it into being. When we evaluate what we once did and release that which no longer serves us. We can decide in this yet still frozen time to grow into kinder, more collaborative, more open and inviting people. We can decide what to plant and what to nurture and what to co-create in our imagining. We are halfway there and our arrival at some new place is in sight. Winter never lasts forever. Spring is coming. Let us watch and rejoice in what grows. May it be so because we make it so. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.